Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And on today's show, uh, I spoke with a really great investor. She's one of our Dashdot clients, and she's absolutely a gem to speak to. Really great positive mindset and a really amazing journey. So what I like about Sandy, who's on the show today, is her story, where she came from and where she is now. And the fact she's got some of the best results that I've ever seen anyone get in property full stop. So Sandy has managed to buy three properties from a standing start, being able to buy three properties in 11 months and achieve over 300% return on invested capital in that period of time, which is just wild. And yes, I know that sounds ridiculous and too good to be true. But Sandy is on the show confirming that it is in fact true. And we get to hear about those properties, where they are, what the yields are, all that kind of stuff. So if you love a bit of property info, this is going to be a great episode for you. But also further than that, if you're just someone who's thinking about getting started, is maybe thinking that property investing is a bit out of reach, that you maybe, you know, it's just something that other people could do. This is going to be a great episode for you because we talk about the fact that Sandy managed to buy some kind of cheaper properties as well. She's been able to grow a portfolio. And in fact, in just less than 12 months, her portfolio is now paying for her to live in the in the home that she's currently currently in and she's a rent vester. So it's super exciting. There's a lot to get out of this episode. I know that you're going to love it. So without any further ado, let's get stuck into it and I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me today is Sandy Kenny. Now Sandy is I got to say Sandy your investment story is absolutely one of my favorite, and we're going to dig into it today. You've successfully bought three properties in less than 12 months, and they are absolutely all killers. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But firstly, welcome to the show. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. So um, very nice to have you here. And it's always a real pleasure to be speaking with you. I'd love to, before we get into the property stuff, because that is pretty exciting, I'm sure you would agree. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the property stuff's been pretty cool, but I actually want to dig into a little bit about um, your background because I remember the very first time that we had a chat, um, which was must have been about eighteen months ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and um, and so I kind of want to go a little bit back first. Why don't you give us a little bit of insight? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what do you do, where do you live? Kind of give us paint a bit of a picture. Who's Sandy Kenny? Yeah, well, I'm 44 years old. I live on the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. And first and foremost, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm an auntie, and then a wife. I'm a bookkeeper. I run a small business, which I'm hoping to ramp up this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just fun loving and just love getting out there. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. So so tell me then, what to what what made you get started to what so where did the interest come from to start investing? Well, the interest came from, um, well, my last sort of push was when I realised that myself and my wife, Kat, we did not have enough super to fulfil what we wanted to do when we retired. And looking at that just absolutely scared me to Mm. not. I've always been really interested in property. I've owned property with a previous partner about 20 years ago and didn't really know what I was doing, but sort of let time do its work and realised that property was a really, really, really good way to invest your money. So I sort of thought, wow, I need to maybe look at that again. Yeah, interesting. So where did it first come from? Like, where did you grow up? What was your family like when you were growing up? Did they have an interesting property? 
No, they didn't actually. I grew up in a town called Roeville, which is about 10 minutes from Dandenong in yep. Victoria. My childhood was awesome. It was like the neighbourhood where a 1,000 kids lived. We played 40-40 every afternoon. After What's 40-40? You know, where you have to hide and then you've got to make it back to a base without being seen by another yeah. person who's got a torch. Yeah, awesome. On you. Yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun and a lot of bike rides and, yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. Because back, back then, Roeville would have been, because Roeville's not rural now and not not like it's it's built up now, but back then it probably would have been a little bit more like uh, almost like a country town. It was. It was yeah. a country town. And, in fact, when I was growing up, they were making the new estate next to my estate and yeah. I used to grab my bike and go touring and just look at all the big houses and wonder, yeah. one day I'm going to get there, I'm going to own one of those. Yeah, interesting. Do you think that that? Do you think that that part of that seeing that happen around you did actually kind of maybe spark some part of the the kind of property interest in you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it probably did because I realised that you know, wow, there's all these big houses out there, and I, I don't know. I just had an affiliation with property. I love to look at them. I love to like tour display homes, and I think yeah, probably it did stem from that early part of my life. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And so when you were growing up, you said you, your family had no interest in property or property investing? They did own a property, um, yeah. the one that we lived in, but really property investing wasn't something that they did. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so and then you owned a property in, from a, in a previous relationship. Was that just kind of like a principal place of residence or was that the start of an investment journey? No, that was pretty much, well, the first house that we purchased was our primary place of residence. Yeah. And it was on the Mornington Peninsula in Rosebud. Yeah. Um, but the other two that we purchased were in Ballarat and they were for yeah. investment purposes. And we did end up buying um, one of those to live in, but essentially we wanted to move back to the Mornington Peninsula so they yeah, got it. investment properties. Yeah, okay, got it. So where did the, like, when did you very first start realising that, that, property was a, a good investment vehicle. Where did you get the investing bug? Well, I think it was with my current relationship. We yeah. bought a little unit, which was honestly the wrong specs. It was a property that you wouldn't even probably look at now. Yeah. Um, but before we actually settled on that property, which we had a three-month settlement period for, it had grown $100,000. Wow. Yes. So, so tell me about that. Hang on a second. Tell me about that. Right. So you started by saying basically, you know, shit property where right? yes. I wouldn't look at it today, but it grew by a hundred grand. Like what happened? How? Did you just buy it under market value? What was the go? Well, it was a deceased estate yep. and it was off market. We did have a friend that was in the real estate game at that point and she had directed us to talk to this particular person. Mm. So yeah, we just got into a little bit of negotiation, but we purchased it in a place called Frankston in Victoria and Frankston has gone ballistic, as you probably yep. know, in the last sort of five years. And I guess we were, it was honestly sheer dumb luck. We just yeah, bought right. it at the right time. And I, I can remember when we had our last inspection, mm. the real estate agent was actually a little bit scared to turn up because she didn't want to face the owners. Wow. <laughs> she knew that the, the property had grown so much in value that, you know, she didn't want, want to really cop the raff, I guess. Wow. Well, yeah. So what was, it, what was the investment thesis behind that? Like, what, like why, why did you buy that? That was basically for us to live in. So we just, it was our first property together. So we decided that we would just make our home in Frankston. And yeah, but I mean, looking back now, 
that was the big push to get us started in into property investing, so to speak. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, so where did you go from there? Where because what what did the, what did the next steps look like? Because I remember when we first first chatted, you know, like it was there were a few challenges, a few roadblocks. You know, talk talk me through what happened from when you uh, got that property, and then you were you're like, oh, this is awesome, and then where'd you go from there? Yeah, so Kat had been a baker for 20 years yeah. and decided that that was it. She didn't want to be working night shifts and every Easter and Christmas ever again. Yeah. So she decided that she was going to resign and she has now um, launched a little um, lawn mowing gardening service. Yeah. She's a sole trader. Um, so knowing that, we knew that we weren't financeable just on yeah. our own. And so I spoke to my brother. And I think you've spoken to my brother. Yes. And he, at the time, said, yes, he would love to invest with us and purchase property. And I said, I've been listening to a great podcast. (laughs) His name's Goops. And he's fantastic. And I think we need to speak to him about purchasing the property. But I think the biggest roadblock was that Clint couldn't get his head around the fact that you would pay someone to purchase a property for you. Mm. So therefore, Kat and I did some soul searching and thought, well, we want to continue on the journey ourselves and how can we do this? So it was in December of 2020, we actually sold our property in Frankston, moved down to Sunny Rosebud, further down the Mornington Peninsula, where we currently rent Mm. and decided to put all the equity that we had made in our Frankston property into investing in other property. Awesome. So you became a rent investor. How do you feel? We'll dig into the property stuff in a minute, but how do you how do you feel about that decision now? Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. We love the house that we're in now. It's a much bigger house than we were in. Well, it was a tiny three-bedroom unit that we had. Yeah. So going to like a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, beautiful house is fantastic. And, you know, it's rent. It doesn't matter. It, it honestly doesn't bring up any sort of... Uh, insecurities about not owning your own property, the, uh, the, well, not owning the property that you actually live in. Yeah. I think uh, rent investing has served us well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And do you feel like, do you feel like it was the right financial decision? Absolutely. It awesome. was the best financial decision of our lives. We went from paying a mortgage to have tenants pay us basically. Yeah. Awesome. Property. Like it's amazing. Fantastic. So um, prior to that, though, I think if I remember correctly, you'd done some courses and stuff and you were sort of, you were, you were into trying to work this out as far as I remember, is that? Yeah, that's right. So I did a three-day course about learning uh, property investment and it was yeah. a quite a broad course. So it taught you basically everything, but it was a three-day cram session. And yeah. honestly, Goose, I just thought, because of my age, I can't get this wrong. I really don't want my first property to be the wrong property and I don't want to have to rely on sheer dumb luck like I had in the past. So, yeah, um, yeah that's when I decided that I was going to suss out the, the property guys, the ones that were in the know. Yeah. And I did have a couple of false starts with a few um, buyer's agents, to be honest. Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, well, one... Um, <laughs> The first one, I actually found out that he lived in his dad's garage and he'd never actually owned property himself, which... Crikey. Yeah, it was a little bit of a turn off. Um, (laughs) And then the second one was a gentleman that actually had stock. If we signed up now, he actually had a property right then and right now that we could actually sign on the dotted line and I was like, no, thank you. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That That sounds bespoke, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I think the education that I had with the three-day course actually set me up 
mm. to say no to that person because oh, honestly, good. if I probably hadn't have done the education, I might have gone a different way. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's a real challenge because I've spoken to a lot of people who've kind of fallen into those kind of traps. In fact, one of our clients, I remember, I remember vividly, they had bought five investment properties, and all through those kind of you know people, investment specialists who've got stock ready to go kind of thing, had zero growth in any of the properties, right? Wow. And 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 they were all negatively geared, and he just was like. I've got one more. I've got one more shot at this. Like I need, I need. To, so it's just crazy how many people kind of fall into that trap. So I'm delighted that you actually managed to avoid that. So let's talk. Let's talk then about these properties you've got because I gotta. I gotta be honest with you, Sandy. A lot of people when I talk to them about your story, they think that I'm lying. Really? Well, yeah. it's no lie. It's no lie. <laughs> okay. So let's let, so let's talk about that. So about 18 months ago, we started chatting. You were you were with your brother Clint at the time. Then okay, that didn't work out. So then you went, all right, screw this. We're going to go sell the house. We're going to become rent festers, and we're going to build a prolific, profitable property portfolio. And then we got stuck into it. And that was in uh, it was December last year. So it was uh, eleven. It was eleven months from when we started to when you settled on your third property. So without going too far into the weeds, let's talk about these properties. What was the first one like? Tell me about. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me what you liked about it. Tell me what you didn't like about it. Let's, let's get stuck into it because they're pretty cool. Yeah, so the first one I think was the first property that you guys actually presented to me and I said yes straight away was a property in West Mackay in Mm. Queensland. Um, It was a four-bedroom, two-bathroom. It was already rented, which appealed to me. So I thought that's great. I'm not buying something that's vacant that I'm going to have to go down the path of trying to find good tenants. There were already people in it. Um, The best thing was is that it cost $290,000 (laughs) <laughs> and was returning $450 rent per week. Yeah. So just for those playing at home, that's a, an 8.1% yield straight out of the gate. And I think you just told me the rents have gone up by about another 15 bucks or something. Yeah, that's right. $15. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be, that's well, well over 8.1% yield now. And that, so we bought that property for 290000 and it's now worth, I'm just checking the numbers here. It's now worth about 386000 Yes, correct. Yep. And that has been in the space of ten months since that since that settled to now. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a return on investment of one hundred and fifty one point six percent in ten months. Like crazy, crazy. That's insane. <laughs> that's insane. So, as I say, a lot of people don't believe because this is they might think it's uh, uh, interesting that that's happened once. And look to, for the for full transparency, that property was again actually a deceased estate, kind of like the one you bought in Frankston, right? So it yeah. was a deceased estate. We got a good deal and all of that kind of stuff. How do you feel about that property now? Oh, I feel fantastic about it. I mean, it's got a lot of potential still to go. Like there down the track, it could be subdivided. Yeah. You know, the property is fantastic. I mean, any property is great when it pays you to keep it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And it's when it's spinning off over 8% yield. And and you're right, actually, you just reminded me that that can be developed into a duplex site later on as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm super pumped about that. That's awesome. Okay. So just kind of circling back, because I remember like when we first started on this journey, and I remember you saying, Goose, I want to go quick. I want to go fast. Like, I don't want to mess around. I was like, okay, are you sure? Like, are you sure? So pretty quickly after that first one, we got stuck into another one. And do you want to kind of talk about that for a, for a little minute? Yeah. So the, the second one was in Bundaberg. Well, sorry, it's in Avoca, which is just outside of Bundaberg in Queensland as well. Yeah, a suburb of Bundaberg, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that appealed to me straight away. To be honest, why? Because it was um, on a big slab of land. Again, I yeah. liked that. I liked the appeal, and also, I guess 
being a bookkeeper, I just love the numbers. So the numbers really stacked up for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the things that actually you've had working in your favor is the fact that you've you're very numbers driven. So you've been able to look at these properties and go, okay, what is like what does this look like? What do the numbers look yeah. like? And I think a lot of people kind of get in their own way, particularly uh and, and sort of get emotional and go, look, am I gonna live there and all that kind of stuff? Um, rather than just looking at the pure facts. But um, you just told me that one's actually gone up. The rent's gone up on that one too. So, kind of, how did that how did that one perform for you? Tell me a little bit about that. Okay, so I loved Bundaberg. The pure fact um, that there's a lot of in- infrastructure going in um, to that suburb anyway. So I knew that it was going to grow in value. So I was pretty set on the numbers there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the there was current tenants in that property. However, they weren't great tenants. So we've had to evict those tenants. And I must say, um, after a little bit of a nudge, they actually did pay their rent on time all the time until they were evicted. Mm. But we've just signed another lease and it's for another 75 extra per week. So it's gone from 325 per week to 400 per week. From 325 a week to 400 a week. Okay. So that property, that's crazy, right? So we bought that property for... Uh, two hundred and sixty-nine thousand dollars, right? So there's some really interesting lessons here because a lot of people think when they think about property investing, they think, "Oh, look, it's too expensive. I can't get started. Properties are, you know, you you got to spend a million bucks on a property." I was talking to um, I was talking to someone uh, that I'm close to, and their view on property. I said, "Oh, why aren't you interested in investing in property?" He said, "Oh, well, properties cost about a million bucks. Like, why would I, why would I bother, right?" And you've managed to buy two properties here, both of them less than three hundred thousand dollars. One for two ninety and one for two sixty nine. The two hundred sixty-nine thousand dollars property is now yielding at about seven point seven percent, and in six and a half months since we settled on that one, that property is now worth three hundred thirty-one thousand dollars. So that's that's a return of one hundred twenty-four point five percent, which is madness. Phenomenal, phenomenal. So, knowing what you know now, and we'll get to the third property in a little minute, right? But knowing what you know now, what would you say to people who are who think that property investing is out of reach? Oh, I would say that it absolutely isn't. I mean, you um, look, if you don't have the know-how, I think employing someone like Dashdot, like yourself and your amazing team would be the first step in like following that investment property dream. You know, I don't understand shares, Goose. I don't I don't really get it. I don't understand when it's on good news and then the share prices go down. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. But with property, I guess it's tangible. I mean, not that I've ever visited any of my properties. I've never seen them in the flesh. At least I know that they're actually real things out there. And yeah, I would say definitely get yourself educated and maybe go and speak to someone like yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I want to get onto the third property just because I want to kind of round this out. And then I want to dig into a bunch of other stuff because I find your journey genuinely uh, really, really interesting. So we've covered the first two properties. So we bought one property and then um, I think it was about four and a half months later, we bought the next property, and so far we are at a total of a um, hundred and sorry, we're at a total of two hundred and seventy six percent return on investment between those two properties, which is just wild, right? And then most recently we bought another property, and that was also in Queensland as well, but that was somewhere else. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, so that was a, a duplex in Rockhampton. So as soon as I heard the word duplex, I was like, Bing, oh yes, I <laughs> why? Why why did that why did that pick up your ears? I think I think because being a little bit older and um maybe a little bit more cautious, it's nice to know that you've got two tenants paying rent. So if maybe a tenant moved out, you've still got money coming in and yeah. paying the mortgage, so to speak. So 
yeah, duplex was like very much up my alley. I love loved it. And then also one of your amazing team members mm. did some digging in and realised that the property could be subdivided. So that was so a good. massive plus for me as well. So, yeah, it was fantastic. And I think I purchased that for 380 Yeah. Property, yeah, yeah. Purchase for three eighty, renting for about five fifty, so about a seven and a half percent yield. And even though that's only you only settled on that just a couple of months ago, that's already we've already seen a thirty percent return on investment on that property as well. So between between those between those three properties, we're at about three hundred and five percent return on investment in basically eleven months. It's amazing. I would never have thought that this would be possible. Like we went from a small dingy three-bedroom unit in Frankston, having to pay a mortgage to now living pretty much rent-free because our tenants pay our rent as well as the mortgages on the investment properties. That's so, that as is so good. That is, that, is, that is so good. So, so that's I hadn't even like kind of joined those dots. That's wicked, right? So you, your, your investment property is actually paying for you to live where, where you want to live. You live in a nice house in an area that you want to live. That's perfect. Absolutely. That's like... Oh man, that is so good. It's the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. That is the dream. So kind of in a certain sense, like you're you're, you know, certainly you haven't achieved necessarily financial freedom because it's not covering all of your costs, but you've got that capability now to to kind of like live with a lot less stress, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it gives us choice. It gives us choice to do the things that we actually want to do and focus on. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just been an amazing journey. And I can't believe it's less than 12 months that this has been the turnaround. Like it is incredible when you think about that. Yeah, it is it is pretty incredible, which is why a lot of people don't believe me when I talk about the results that you got. And I would say that your results have been pretty exceptional. Like you've managed to we've managed to like it's been pretty awesome. But it's it's just fantastic to be able to see. I'm interested though, like now that you've kind of uh, you've made a you've huge head, uh, headway into where you want to get to, but where is it you're trying to get to? Like, what is your goal? What is your why? Where, what's the what's the end game for you? Yeah, well, the end game basically is to uh, give ourselves choices. Yeah, um, we'd love to travel. I mean, obviously, when the borders open properly, we'd love to totally. travel. So that would be you know number one. Um, oh, actually, sorry, number two, because number number one would be spending time or more time with our family. Yeah. Um, and the people that we love. So, you know, that's our end goal. And I guess to achieve that, we can't be working full time. We need some space from that. So I'd love to just work part time or casually yeah. and be able to devote some time to family and travel. Yeah, awesome. That yeah, that sounds good. So what I'm interested to know what lessons have you learned? It's been a very quick journey from like in the in the last 12 months. What lessons have you learned along the way? Um, I guess. The lessons that I have learned is be be patient, but also don't be afraid to say yes. That's a good one. Don't be afraid to say yes. Yeah. Why, yeah. Do, do you want to dig into that a little bit? That's a bit I like that. Yeah, I think because fear holds a lot of people back. And look, I as much as I love my wife, she's fantastic. She is a glass half empty person. So she's always. You're, this is being recorded, Sandy. You know that, yeah, I right? I know. I know. I know. But she already knows. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so she's always the the devil on my shoulder, or not the devil, but the angel on my shoulder, saying, "No, no, no, you shouldn't do that. That that might be risky, or that mm. might not be the right way to go." But just opening up your minds to the possibility of just saying yes more, mm. and you know, doing it in a 
really thoughtful way and making sure that we're trusting in the right people like yourself and being educated in property investment, I just felt that saying yes was a big lesson that I've learned out of all of this because yes has just led me to those amazing results of, you know, um, the growth that I've seen in these properties and the ability to now sort of live rent-free, so to speak, yeah, in a place that I really want to be. That's awesome. That's yeah. so good. That's great. So, where, what, um, how do you, how do you maintain that mindset? Because that's a really strong. You've got a str- really strong positive mindset, and I really, uh, I really appreciate that about you. Do you? Is there anything, any like habits or tricks you've got to maintaining that that positive worldview? I honestly, I'm, I'm I'm a pretty positive person anyway. But I must say, with property investing, I do make sure that I listen to at least one podcast a day. Really, I, one a day. And yeah, are they yeah. all property podcasts or are they? they are. They're all property podcasts. Crikey. I know. I know. <laughs> I do love to listen to people's journeys. I love to listen to what's going on in Australia and, um, you know, where people are looking at investing and mm. you know, just like digging into that sort of thing. And it keeps me positive. It keeps me thinking about property in new and different ways. And that's what I really like about it. So someone listening to your journey, someone listening to this and going, oh my God, yeah, it sounds kind of like, you know, sure, sounds great for Sandy, but it might not be able to happen for me and stuff. Like, because I love that too. I, I really like the stories. That's the books that I read. I love to hear people's stories and hear how they've gone through it. What What would you say to to somebody else, you know, who's listening to your story and, you know, what what, what do you want to share about your story that you might better, that might better inspire somebody else? I think... Um Basically, the first thing I would say to them is get yourself educated, Mm. whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. It could be a property investing, it could be shares or whatever path really sparks inside you. Mm. But basically, yeah, just get yourself educated and believe in yourself because you know you can do it. Anyone can do anything when they put their mind to it. And if this is what really sparks inside of you, well, then, you know, go for it. Yeah, nice. If you could wind back the clock 10 years, what would you say to your younger self? I would say start property investing straight away, like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I, I wish I, because I, I was a bit of a late bloomer, right? I didn't really even start thinking about property until I was like, after 30, I think it was, or about around about 30, right? And I remember when I was younger, my, um, my older brother, he was, because I grew up in regional Victoria as well, right? So, um, and I remember he was looking at buying a house in the kind of in Terelgan, actually, because we grew up down there, down that way. And I was just thinking, what the hell do you want to buy a house for? I was like, this is weird. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he actually didn't end up buying that house, but I just never really got my head around it because I was always of the mindset of like, look, life's for living. You know, you might not be around forever, travel, do all that kind of stuff, like just basically live for the moment type thing. But I think if somebody if somebody had told me back then that you could create forever holidays if you just do a little bit of work right now, I think I would have really changed my life, my whole my whole worldview. What about yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm exactly the same as you. I feel like that even if it was ten years ago, the position yeah. that I would be in right now would be completely different. It would look amazingly different. So I was going to say, because it's a really interesting one, like that whole kind of like, what would you do if you could wind back the clock? Because a lot of people like, 
every year, property prices, generally speaking, go up, right? Yes, they fluctuate and all markets do that. And But generally speaking, it's an upward trending, uh, upward trending bias. So every year, it's like, oh my God, house prices are more expensive. Ah, never going to be able to afford it. Every year, people say, oh my God, we're never going to be able to afford it. They're going to kick it. But it's kind of one of those things. If you could go back to 1990, how many houses would you buy? You'd buy all of them, right? You, you would just, you, you literally do that. What do you, what do you think about that whole kind of affordability piece? Do you, do you, does that kind of play into your mind? Like what, you know, cause some people, some people, I know that some younger people particularly are just like, look, there's no point. There's no point. I'm just going to invest in crypto or whatever because property prices have just gotten out of reach. But it just seems to me like if it's all about perspective, you know, it's if you, you've been able to buy properties that are, you know, sub 400, sub $300,000. Yeah. So what do you think about that, that affordability discussion? Oh, look, um, I guess you've just got to open up your mind a little bit more to the fact that there are properties out there that, like you were saying, that are under $300,000. You don't necessarily have to move in and live in the the first property that you buy. Mm. I feel like in property investing would be a really good vehicle to get you to a property that you want to live in and Mm. buy. But, yeah, look, um, you've just got to open your mind. You've got to open up the idea that there are regional towns or not just inner city places that you can buy property in. Yeah. There are other places in Australia that are really affordable and can actually make you money. Yeah, totally. What's the best book that you've read in the last 12 months? Or what's the best book you've read generally that could help that you might be able to share with people? I think the first book that I ever read, and that was about 20 years ago, was Rich Dad Poor Dad. I think everyone's read that. Yeah. Um, and that was just the most amazing, mind-blowing book that I've read, I think because it was the first one that ever sort of opened up my mind to the fact that you can actually become quite successful in property investing. And, yeah, um, yeah I've, I've given that book as gifts to people. Recently, I've actually read a book called Rethink Property. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that was really good just to see the commercial side of things and how that all works. Completely different to residential, like completely, yeah, yeah, amazingly different. But um, yeah, so I've read that recently. But yeah, rich dad, poor dad, number one, always yeah. number one. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny how seminal that book has become. Like I remember, I remember when my brother read that book for the first time, which was you know only recently as well. And I remember him calling me and a friend of mine actually recently, um, who's had no interest in property investing. Uh, I think it was only a few weeks ago. He texted me saying, oh, my God, I just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he was just like his mind was blown. It's quite funny how that one book has changed so many people's lives. So broadly speaking, what's your investment thesis? Like when, you, when you're thinking about investments, what, you know, what, is, what, are, you, what are you looking for? Um, well, I'm looking for profitability first and foremost. I think mm. you know, that's sort of inbred with me. But, yeah, I'm sort of looking for something that is a little bit tangible as well, like property investing. I like the fact that I can actually go and – see mm. what I'm investing in rather than just investing in something that's, you know, immaterial in the air, so to speak, and crossing my fingers and toes and hoping that everything goes well. Mm. So, yeah, I think I really like the fact that, you know, property is a real thing. Yeah, nice. Bit, bit of a left of centre. In the last five years, what beliefs have you had to let go of in order, in order to realise the life that you've got today? Well, I think... The belief that you should be owning your own home and living in it mm. and paying a mortgage is something that I've had to really let go of. And funnily enough, I think that Rich Dad, Poor Dad probably sparked something in me that 
allowed me to let go of that as well because I did remember from the readings that I did 20 years ago with that book that it was said that the property that you live in is actually not an asset. It's probably a liability really. Mm. Paying for a mortgage and living in the place that you uh, you own, it probably isn't an asset to you right now in your investment journey. So that was the big thing that we had to overcome. Yeah. Going back it's, to renting. Yeah. How do you rationalise that in the future? Like do you think you're going to be a rent vester forever? Potentially. Um, yeah. I'm not ruling out the fact that we probably won't own a property and live in it. Mm. But yeah, I'm rent vesting is fantastic for us. It allows us to free up more equity in the homes and continue on with our journey really of investing. Yeah. And what's the end goal for you in terms of investing? Like is you're just trying to buy as many properties as possible or is it just trying are you trying to achieve a cash flow goal specifically or Yeah, it's probably it's probably cash flow goal to be honest with you because then that allows us to travel and also spend more time with the family. Yeah. But, you know, if COVID's taught me anything, Goose, I think it is I never ever ever want to be not working. <laughs> I hate being trapped in a home lockdown. Being in Victoria, we had a lot of lockdown days and it was yeah. not pleasant. It's not fun being at home. Would you you say that you would never want to not work, but if you could just travel and not work, I'm sure you would, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's always nice to get back and do something. I think, you know, as humans, we need to have a fulfilled life and we need to look at balance rather than anything. And, you know, it's great to travel, but it's also great to work and feel like you're achieving something yeah yeah what 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 motivates you like is it a sense of achievement or is it like you know what's what is that kind of internal motivation or value that drives you forward yeah yeah it's definitely achievement I really love being um, a bookkeeper I love the fact when I you know find I solve a problem or or complete something that no one else is really um well, it's not complete something, but sort of uh, think of something out of the square that no one else has thought of before. And, you know, I just, I love that sense of achievement. I love it. And that's what motivates me. Nice. Nice. I like that. Um, so, okay, I want to get on to the kind of final question now. And this is, this is a big one. This is a fun one. Imagine it's your last day on earth, years and 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 years for now, like really, really long time off in the distant future, right? And you have achieved everything that your heart desires. You have, you know, achieved all the freedom that you want. You've created whatever you've wanted. You've done everything. You've accomplished everything that you ever dreamed of. But for whatever reason, the moment that you pass, everything you've ever had created or achieved will just disappear from the face of the earth. But you get to leave behind three simple truths that be, that will live on in the world after the after you're gone. Um, what would your three truths be? I guess, I guess the first one would be strive to have great balance in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that, you know, it's really healthy to be focused just on one thing all the time. I think you really need that balance of family and recreation and, and work life as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important and I wish that someone had told me that when I was younger because of when we were younger, I don't know about you, Goose, but it was always you've got to get a good job. You've got to just mm-hmm. get in there and just work, 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 work. And, you know, it probably isn't a really healthy approach. Mm, yeah, interesting. Interesting. And so have you been able to find that balance in your life now? I'm starting to find the balance. Yeah, I struggle with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm very aware of it, but I struggle with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love, I, like I could sit in front of the computer and, and work numbers until like 11, 12 o'clock at night. 
if yep. I was if I probably were single, I'd probably be doing that right now. But yep. you know, I've just you know I really need to find the balance, and I'm beginning to see it. I'm to come to fruition, basically for me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Got it. I love that one. Strive for balance, because that, that's something that I'm that I'm striving for as well. What's next? Oh, sorry. Yes, the next one. Um, I guess would be education, and education as in not so much go to school, then go to uni, mm. then get yourself a good job. It's just education in what sparks in you. you Curiosity. Know, most successful people I know didn't even finish high school. Mm. So you know, you've just got to edu- educate yourself in the right way. Mm. Okay, got it. So strive for balance. Get educated. Yes. In your own way. Yep. In your own way. And then start investing early. I mm. think it's a really important thing, even if it's like putting, you know, 10% of your income away every single week. Just start doing something. Yeah. I love it. Mm. I love it. Strive for balance. Get educated. Get invested, basically. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. No, I, lo- I love that, Sandy. And I've got one. I-, I said that was the last question, but I've actually got one final question for you, if you don't mind. Uh, I would love for um like i would love for what what advice uh or insights or inside knowledge would you share with someone who's thinking about working with dashdot and uh maybe they're sitting on the fence or they they want to know what it's like actually what the experience is like yeah so um for me it's not just you it's your whole team they're absolutely incredible i barely i don't have anything to do with it anymore like the team are killing it by by the way um unbelievable they're so knowledgeable and I think that, you know, if you are looking to invest in property and you're unsure of where you should start, definitely speak to you. It is incredible. Like the knowledge that you guys have is amazing. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sandy. I really, really appreciate it. Any final words before we wrap it up? No, just um, go team. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Nice one, Sandy. Look, as always, it's a real pleasure. It's a joy to spend some time with you. Thanks so much. I love your story. I love your positivity. I love the results you've gotten because they're so cool. Um, but I love your worldview as well. And it's, um, it's always a pleasure. So thanks so much. Thanks, Goose. Speak soon. Speak soon. Bye. Bye.